I'll give you something to pray about. It's a light prayer, but see whether you'll get in on it or not. He's going to sing all month about we'll work. I would like to, I'd like to challenge you to memorize 1 Corinthians 15, I believe it's 58, the, the last verse of the chapter. Let me go there. First Corinthians fifteen fifty eight says, Therefore, my beloved brethren, be ye steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. For you know that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. Y'all can learn that. If we learn that this month while he's singing about it, uh, then next month we could learn another one. Before the year's over, we could have 12 more verses added to our repertoire. And uh, besides, there might be a prize somewhere along the way. Who knows? Uh, take your Bible, please. Turn to Mark, the book of Mark, chapter number 4. <clears throat> Mark chapter 4. Brother John said, today is the first day of the new year. That's true, and I won't argue about that, but I want to preach on this morning the first day of the rest of your life. You can figure out when that is. I mean, we've come this far by faith. If Brother Drew is here, he probably knows the song I, I preached in a I preached a camp meeting one time in a black community and they sung a song we've, we've come this far by faith just leaning on the Lord. That's exactly where we're at this morning. We got here by faith leaning on the Lord. And now we are at the crux of our lifetime Yesterday's gone and can't be recalled. 2022 may have been a bad year, a good year, whatever for you. But it's over and you can't do anything about it today. Twenty, 2023 is just a big blank. And it'll be whatever you make out of it. Every one of us have an equal amount of days. Every one of us have an equal amount of hours to do what we're going to do for Jesus. Some of us have lived this life just always going to do, always going to be. Good intentions that never get fulfilled. The resolutions will be made and they'll be kept for the next two weeks and then one by one they'll be laid aside. So I'm not asking you to make a resolution but I just want you to face 
the promise of God and the commands of God. If you've found that chapter, would you stand and we'll begin reading in verse 35. <clears throat> verse 35, here's the, here's the title of my message this morning in verse 35. And the same day, when evening, when the even was come, he saith unto them, here's my title, let us pass over unto the other side. I heard a black preacher preaching years ago, and he said, he preached on this passage, he said, as far as I know, there's just two sides. There's this side and the other side. Jesus said, let us pass over to the other side. That's pretty simple, but it's the truth. And that's exactly what he's saying today. Don't try to go by yourself. You're going to fail. But let us pass over to the other side. And when they had sent away the multitude, they took, they took him even as he was in the ship. And there were also with him other little ships. And there arose a great storm of wind, and the waves beat into the ship, so that it was now full. And he was in the hinder part of the ship, asleep on a pillow. And they, and they awake him, and say unto him, Master, carest thou not that we perish? And he arose, and rebuked the wind, and said unto the sea, Peace, be still. And the wind ceased, and there was great calm. And he said unto them, Why are you so fearful? How is it that you have no faith? And they feared exceedingly, and said one to another, What manner of man is this, that even the wind and the sea obey him? Let's pray. Andrew, would you lead us as we pray, please? Amen. You can be seated. A lot of a lot of people you try to illustrate life with the sea. Roger Kipling said that we are just painted ships on a painted ocean. That's really not true. If you've ever been around the sea, you know that the sea never rests. It never sits still. It's always on the move. It's up or it's down or it's back or it's forth. And it's always moving. I remember a day that my brother-in-law came from Missouri. We fancied ourselves athletes in those days. And he said, let's go down there and try to figure out how they, he said, I've always wanted to ride a surfboard. And let's just go see how, if we can figure out how to do it. We, we were experts on water skis in our mind. 
So we went down and we rented surfboards at Galveston. The fellow said, do you want some wax? I said, no, I don't think so. It looks slick enough for me. If you ever did surfing, you know what mistake that was. The wax is put on that board to hold your feet on, not to slide off. And uh, so anyway, I mean, he got a big laugh out of that as we left. And we spent the rest of the day chasing surfboards. We could take them out to the out in the waves, and and then uh, we could kind of get up on them before the day was over. But uh, then we'd follow them into the beach, pick them up, and try it again. I decided I didn't need any more of that after that day. The sea. I guess we could say we're standing on the shore of a new year. There's something about going to the sea. Uh, I'm not a beach guy. First few years, Susie and I lived down in Alvin. All of the all of the kin folks, the outlaws, the in-laws. When they would get there, they wanted to go to the beach. I found out it's a lot of work to go to the beach. I mean, everything you take down there's got to be washed and clean when you leave, including your car, all your fishing tackle, all the everything. It's a lot of work. The beach lost all its glamour for me. But when you stand on the edge of that ocean, Susie and I went to, I preached in Washington State a few years ago. We flew in there. It was in December. It wasn't in, it wasn't in uh, beach weather. It was, in, it was cold, and we didn't see the sunshine for two weeks. Everything up there was mildewed, including the highways. And uh, everywhere we went, it was either raining or fogging. And uh, I was glad to get back to Fort Worth, Texas, where the sun shines every day. And, uh, but we went down, we had never seen the Pacific Ocean. We'd been to Galveston, we'd been to the Gulf, we'd been to the Atlantic, we'd, we'd seen all of that. I call them friendly ocean. When you get to the Pacific, it's not friendly. Those waves are not just rolling, they're, they're roaring in. And the beach is rocks. And uh, we were at one place, we stayed, we were watching. It's fearful looking. If you're not a water guy, it's scary to look out on that ocean. That day, two guys with their wetsuits on came past us and crawled over the rocks, pushed their boards out into that, that dark water that was crashing on the rocks. When you stand there and look at that, it's kind of fearful to see Donna told me about going to Hawaii 
and they 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 went they swam there did some snorkel stuff and she said they could, she went out she was she's a good swimmer evidently she went out as far as she could go and everything was as she looked in the water, everything just turned to dark blue. Right, Donna? You remember that? She said, that's where I turned around and came back. There's something fearful about that water. Something fearful about When he said, I'm not going to go here, but when he said, let's pass over. If you read it in Luke, Luke said he went up on a mountain and prayed. When they got in the storm, he could see them from the mountain. That's what Luke says. And so he went down and walked on the water to where they were. And when he got there, they were scared and even fearful of him. They didn't recognize him. They thought he was a spirit of some kind. It's a fearful place, that, that water, if you don't know what you're doing. So, here we stand on the shore. This has nothing to do with the sea, but here's where we are. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1, wherefore... Seeing we also are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which doth so easily beset us, and let us run with patience the race that is set before us. And I, I read that as our status. Verse 2 gives us the answer to Jesus said, let us go over. The emphasis word is us. If you don't go with him, you don't go. If you don't go with him, you'll never go to the other side. And so here, verse 2 says, he said, let us run with patience the race that is set before us. Verse 2 says then, looking unto Jesus, the author. He's the one that began it all. We can't start without him. And the finisher of our faith. If you don't have a finish to your faith, he's going to say over there in 1 Timothy chapter number uh, 2, I believe it is to Timothy about folks who laid their faith aside. And now they have made shipwreck. Here he says, looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame and is set down, at the right hand of the throne of God. I'm going to have to turn the page or I'll get off. 
I'll preach another message, not this message. Everything in chapter 12 says look into Jesus. Look into his book. Look into the, look into the strength and power of our Savior. What he said to the disciples was, he didn't say, you go over. Yesterday, the, Susie and I were watching, we tried to find the TCU game on our, I found, you know, I found out years ago that if you don't pay the bucks, you don't see these games anymore. If you don't have a, one of the, the right channels, you're not going to see it. As soon as it was over, I watched all the highlights for free, but I could not find the game. So we were in the middle of that, and, and, and Barbara Walters has passed away, and, and uh, so that started a sequence of, of the great people that have gone away this past year. Most of them are the bebop nonsense crowd. They're the, they're the Hollywood Jet said, or the, the liars from Washington, D.C., one or the other. And they posed them as the great people of the generation that have gone. By the time they got through, Susie was crying. And she said, what about this preacher and that preacher and that We just, hey, the greatest lady that we've ever known in our lives, a lady of faith. She wasn't a preacher. She wasn't a pastor's wife. But Francis Gregory had faith and demonstrated it to everyone around her. I described it as I preached her funeral the other day. I described it as a spark. Somewhere, sometime, God sparked in her. And all her life, everywhere she went, I mean, it might be she'd give you a piece of fruit cake or something else that she is famous for. She could cook like nobody. I mean, she is an East Texas cook. That's hard to beat. And she could knit and sew. She half-dressed my wife for several years. And she had that spark. While she was doing that, I knew preachers that went to her for advice because while she was doing that, she had the God of wisdom in her. And when she would talk to you, it came out. She helped me pastor. Brother John was talking about feeding the sheep and feeding the sheep. And that was a good description in First Peter, being the example and feeding them and leading them. She helped me do that at Bible Drive. She had no title, but she would come over to the house and visit with my wife. And then she'd give me a... I've, I've still got some David Ring CDs that she gave me and, and, or a Gaither song that she had heard or something 
And pretty soon she'd be giving me the Bible truth that went with whatever it was. That's called feeding the sheep. Not feeding the sheep, but nurturing the sheep. Not just feeding, but caring for and guiding and helping the sheep. Sheep can't find direction. They have no sense of direction. Sheep can't lead themselves. Somebody has to lead them. And that's who we are. Jesus calls us all sheep. So, here we stand on the side of the bank of this year. If it is a is if it is a little a little fearful, it's because we know we failed that year and that year and that year and that year. And now God's given us a fresh blank day. And He's saying, Let's go over. Let us. Let us. I'm talking to us who have a who He is a part of our lives. If you're not saved, you don't have hope. You just, you need to come to Jesus. But if you're saved, somewhere back there in the year, when we moved to Pasadena, Texas, I had no idea. I had, I had seen this some movies of, of the great ports and different things, and I, I thought, man, it's going to be beautiful down there. We moved from Amarillo, well, north of Amarillo, out there in no man's land, where it never rains and the dust storms blow, and we moved down right on the Gulf Coast of Texas. And my job, I had hired out over the telephone. My job was on the port of Houston. So I go in there that first week and ask them, I've been working in a refinery and I'm going to work in a refinery, but they're still in a startup mode. They're still, they're, they've remodeled an old refinery and trying to get it up. And so I say, what, I, what do you want me to do? They say, we want you to sit out here and watch those ships, be our ship watch. I'd never even seen a boat, much less a ship. I didn't know how to start an outboard motor. And there, here sits one of those seagoing vessels full of some kind of petroleum product. And they want me to be the, the watchman and tell them, when the, tell them when the ropes are too tight or too slack or tell them, tell them when the boat's in danger or, or in danger in that plant. Or, I don't know what they want, expected me to do. I didn't have any idea what I was doing when I went out there. To, I'd never seen a ship. It was kind of fearful. 
I'll tell you what I found out. It was not beautiful. A port is in the backwater. It's that water that doesn't get flushed by the ocean. It's that water, it's a garbage dump of the ocean. And so he said, let us pass over in verse 35. If we do that, that means we've got to leave the water where we've already been. Y'all with me now? I've done a lot of setting the stage here. And for most of us, where we've been is not out on the sea, not going to the other side. Most of us have been in the backwater. I mean, oh yeah, I go to church a couple of times a week. And I carry my Bible. I quote a few verses for you. I've studied a little bit. But I'm not really pressing toward the mark. I'm not really going to the other side. What I'm doing is living my life for me in the backwater of this time span that God has given me. Be honest with yourself. In, in 2022, have you really put forth the effort to be all the, the army used to have a slogan, I don't know if they still do or not, said you can be all that you can be. Christians don't live that way. In our day, Christians do not live to be all they can be for the Lord. What, they, what most Christians do is, is live to be as much as it takes to get by as a Christian. Amen, Brother Wayne. That's good preaching. That's the reason we've got empty seats all over this auditorium this morning. That's the reason that we, we struggle day by day and week by week to keep our to keep our sails pumped up to be a testimony of the Lord Jesus Christ. We're, see, we're in the backwater. The big waves don't roll over here. It's pretty, there's, you get that, you can rest over in the backwater. It may smell bad, but you can rest. Huh? Y'all with me? I've got this backwater. See, it, his cry is, leave the backwater. Leave where you've been. Let me take you where I want to take you, and let's go to the other side. Verse 35. It's all in there. So the backwater, first of all, there, is a, there has to be this. There is a backwater that I call the backwater of rebellion. I'm not tell, I have not told you one thing this morning that you hadn't already heard somewhere before. Right? 
You already knew you already knew God's calling your number. You already knew that if you hey, if you're saved, you already knew God wanted you to step out from where you are and go where He wants you to go. The Bible's full of it. Every page of the Bible talks about that kind of a situation where, where a Jonah or a, or a Job or a, or, or a Daniel or somebody has to face the lion's den or the, or the fiery furnace or, or the shipwreck. Sometimes you all read that verse over in Jonah where he's asleep. And they said, uh, who are you? And he said, well, I'm, I'm that guy, that preacher that was called to Nineveh, but I'm running from God, and I'm the reason that sea is all upset. And when they cast him in the sea, you ought to read this verse sometime. It was like saying, peace be still. The storm was over. Sometimes we live in the storms, don't we? I've, I've been praying for two days on this. I, try, I, I, had another me, I had another message that I wanted to preach for New Year's. I had, had it laid out. Moses said, let's move north. It's time to leave this mountain. We circled this mountain long enough. Make a good message for New Year's, don't you think? But God wouldn't let me preach that. He wanted me to preach this. So see, I live over here as a 20th century Christian. I live over here in the backwater of rebellion where there's junk and filth. And every time I think about this, I think about where I was watching that ship in the port of Houston. The smells the garbage. There wasn't anything pretty about that place. And a lot of us call that Christianity. I mean, every once in a while, the preacher will preach something, I'll get my heart strummed, and it's, it's exciting for a little bit. But I do not act on what I know and pretty soon I realize I'm still in the backwater. I call it the backwater of rebellion because him that knoweth to do good and doeth it not, to him it's a sin. And we all know more than we're doing. We have to say that, don't we? So the... I, so when I moved to Pasadena, one of the things we did, just outside of Pasadena on the ship channel is, is the battleship Texas. I don't know if you ever heard of the battleship Texas or not, but it was a, it was a glory ship. It was used in two world wars and, and fought battles to preserve our freedom in this country. It cost, it cost a lot of lives on that battleship. And so we went down to see the battleship Texas. 
And like everything else on that Gulf Coast, that, that iron hull sitting tied in the port was just a rust bucket. Everything on it was rusty. There wasn't any, it had had glory days, but it was not in the glory days anymore. In fact, while we were there, the rats were crawling up the ropes coming into the ship. It was not a beautiful picture. But it's a picture that I can't, uh, it, it is such a, an analogy of a Christian who says he's saved and hears a call but refuses to move. All the junk of this world piles on it. Every filthy creature you can think about will come by. I just got a letter this morning addressed to this church. A church up there somewhere that rehabilitates missionaries and pastors. And it talked about he just got off the phone. The pastor talked about he just got off the phone talking with a pastor whose lust for erotic pictures, we call it pornography, had just about had destroyed his ministry and now was about to destroy his family. He said, I had I've got five more out there living in the apartments. He said, I've heard that story over and over and over. You understand this? It's in the backwater that the rust sets in. It's in the backwater that the rats crawl on. It's in the backwater that the filth covers the everything we see. When God says, let's go to the other side, it's time to pick your bag up and head that way. And, and we came out of a generation that was ready to do that. The backwater of rebellion. Then there's the backwater of unconcern. See, this verse says, verse 36 says, And there were also with him other little ships. Have you, have you been, have you been around long realize? I wish I'd have understood this verse fifty years ago. I wish I'd have had a better concept of what. Hey, I was saved. But I was also dead. I was the preacher, but I was also dead. And sometimes my concern was my status 
rather than the other little ships. Hey, pastor, I guess that's me. There's some little ships here. And we can sit where we are in the backwater and never give regard to the little ships. There are no names that come into this church every week. You got a burden about any of them? I mean, do you pray for some of them? Have you witnessed to some of them? Do you... Do you, do you try to show them a little bit of the love of Christ as they come by? See, while we're going, there's other little ships all around us. Name them what you want to name them. But we have a responsibility. If we're going with Him, He came all the way from heaven to hell for them. If we're going with him, we have to have a concern for the little ships. That's right. There's the backwater. Well, that's not my responsibility. Somebody said, I bet you'd be glad to get out of that pasture, get, get, get loose from some of those responsibilities. In actuality, it's been good for me. This year... Of, of responsibility to that has weighed heavy on me at times has been good, been good to reawaken a concern for lost souls and a concern for troubled people that was kind of asleep in me. It's easy to get out of it. Well, I was in church last week. What more do you want Well, we're going to the other side and we're going to give an account for every word and every deed over there. Unconcerned. One of the great passages, look at Revelation chapter 2. One of the great passages in Revelation is these two chapters of letters to the churches. Every one of them address an area that we need to work on. The first church is chapter 2, verse 1, the church of Ephesus. I want to look. Verse 2, he said, I know thy works, thy labor, thy patience. And I know you're bad. And not only are you busy in work, but you're you're in the battle. Thou hast tried them which say they're not apostles, and and have found them liars. I mean, we're aren't we proud of our stand? Aren't we proud of our? I mean, we don't believe this. We don't believe that. We don't stand with that. We don't stand with that. Hey, here we are. That's what they said. And we do, and and thou hast borne and hast patience for my name's sake, and hast labored and has not fainted. The bearing of the burden that every one of us are faced with, 
not easy to serve Jesus. Not easy to be a Christian in our society. But he's called us to be that. If we go into the other side, we'll have to be that. Verse number four, though. Nevertheless, I have somewhat against thee, because thou hast left thy first love. So I call this the backwater of unconcern. I mean, you can do everything there is to do at the church. You can sweep the floors, mop the, mop the floors, coat, wash the commodes. You can do it all. You can, you can preach and teach and sing and do it all with absolutely no concern. Save my pride. Save my conscience. But every once in a while it would be good for us to turn around and look. What, do you, what am I doing to further my work in Christ as we head for the other shore? I mean, businesses at this time of year do an audit check up on what they've got and what they need and how, what needs to be changed. It'd be good for us as a church every once in a while. I'm talking about us as church members to check ourselves out. Am I really concerned or is this just a game I play? Unconcerned. i got to keep moving. There's a backwater of lost opportunities. I dare say that every one of us that are saved had visions that somewhere in these past years that we're not talking about of doing a, a great work for God. Didn't we? Wanting to be used for the Lord. Didn't we? How'd you do in 2022? How'd all that work out? Well, most of us have to hang our head. Most of us have to say, I didn't get done anything that I thought I would get done. I'm, I'm still, I'm still, there's a verse over in Isaiah 33. Let me see if I can find I've, I've uh, thought about this verse a lot. He says in verse 20, Look upon Zion, the city of our solemnities, solemnities. Thine eyes shall see Jerusalem, a quiet habitation, a tabernacle that shall not be taken down. Not one of the stakes thereof shall ever be removed, neither shall any of the cords thereof be broken. What, he's, what Isaiah is saying, look at us. God's done a work that the world can't touch in Jerusalem. 
That tabernacle that we carried through the wilderness is now in Jerusalem. And, and, there, and nothing, nothing can phase what God has done because everything is rigged. Hey, if, if you ever y'all ever studied the tabernacle, you ever been in a study of the tabernacle? It's just a tent put up with, with posts and stakes and cords to hold it. I heard old Jerry Vines talking about a lady in Jerusalem who makes makes the uh, models of the tabernacle. And he said she had the mo big model of the tabernacle sitting there, and there was the white curtain. You all know about that, don't you? goes around the outside. That's all you could see from, from, from man's view was the white curtain. All the beauty is inside that tabernacle, and it's God's people, and, the, and, and God's servants is the ones that saw that. And, and he said she had her, her curtain around the tabernacle had little cuts in it. He said she'd been doing this for 50 years. She was a Jew. She had all the history in it. He said, Mel, could I ask you a question about your tabernacle? He said, she said, yes, sir. He said, what is it? He said, what are these cuts in the tabernacle curtain for? She said, you, you're kidding me. He said, no. He said, I don't understand what they're there for. He said, she, she said, where do you think this tabernacle was set up? Well, out there on the desert, out there in the wilderness. She said, have you ever been in a desert dust storm? You ever been when the wind blows like it can blow out there in the desert? If you didn't have those cuts in that curtain, that whole thing would fall down flat. This verse says, not one stake will be loosened. Not one stake will be removed. The cords are tight and set. If you ever put a tin up, everything's got to be right. I remember being in a rainstorm in the hill country and me and Susie had to readjust our stakes and cords to get the water to run off our tent. Otherwise, we'd have been floating in it. Hey, we're out here in the wilderness. And the Lord is our judge, and the Lord is our lawgiver, and the Lord is our king, and he'll save us, he says, about Jerusalem. Read verse 21. But there the glorious Lord will be unto us a place of broad rivers and streams, wherein there will be no galleard with oars, neither shall a gallant ship pass. I mean, God took care of every, every bit of that. But wait a minute. Look at verse 23. Thy tacklings are loosed. They could not well strengthen their mast. They could not spread the sail. Then is the prey of great spoil divided. The lame take the prey. The inhabitants shall not say, I'm sick. The people that dwell therein shall be forgiven. 
their iniquity. What he said is, you ever been on a sailing boat? A sailing boat can only sail because of that mast that sticks up in the air is guide off with the guy ropes. And it cannot bear the weight of the wind in the sail unless those ropes are tight and set. So, here's, what, here's my question. How we do in 2022? Some of us hadn't got our rigging done yet. We're not rigged up. Some of us have rigged up for years and it's still loose. I mean, a slight wind blows and the mast comes down and the sail falls and I'm sidetracked and can't go on with God. He said, let's get going. Let's go to the other side. Let us go to the other side. If I do it, I'm out of time and I've already, all I've done is introduce the backwater of lost opportunity, the backwater of self-sufficiency. I'm not going to go to Scripture. You probably already know it. Over there in Acts chapter 27, Paul said, When the south wind blew softly, we set sail. Two verses later, Eurachlodon, that great storm blew in. And it took them weeks just to get the boat down and get the get the rigging set so they could hold the mast. They thought they were going to be sunk on the rocks before they could get the mast set. It was a, it was a tropical paradise. And they sailed off out there like it was going to be a picnic and ran into all the fury of hell. Before it's over, it says they threw all the tackling off the ship. He said, we did it with our own hands. They unloaded the ship. They threw away, they threw away all the rigging of the ship and just prayed for God to help them. When all that was over, then Paul stepped out one day and he said, I've been with God. And he said, none of us going to be lost. He's going to take care of us. said, come on and let's eat. He went back to faith. Where you at? Where you at is it as we, here we are on the shore. It's time, hey, time won't wait on you. You're going to get out in the middle of the sea of 2023. And who knows, there's been, there's been sharks and sea monsters in 2022 that I would not ever have imagined. And they're still wrecking havoc in people I love. Who knows what we face in 2023? Can you get it? 
the Lord of all of glory said, let us. He's going to say to them, where's your faith? I'll, I'll talk about that tonight. He knew what was coming. And you don't have to be afraid when he's in your boat. He said, where's your faith? All it took, I used to say he stood up and I'd give a big holler, peace, be still. That's not the way it was. He could have whispered it. He could have just thought it. The only reason he spoke was for their benefit. And he said, peace. Be still. Kind of like you'd do a dog. Shut up. And the wind and the waves laid down. And the storm was over. I can't emphasize enough. We need him in our boat. We need, to, we need the determination to stay close to him as we go to the other side. I'll talk about some more of that after a while. Why don't we stand? He's the only Savior. He hath said, I will never leave you or forsake you. He said, all power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. Go ye therefore. And lo, I'll be there with you. If you cross over, it'll be because he has come to your rescue. Let us go to the other side not a request when it comes off the throne of glory it's a command we're going whether you want to go or not it's not a reservation only it's a command of God don't miss the boat get in the boat get him in your boat Get ready for the trip, looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. Father, I pray you'd take charge right now. Lord, I know the crowd is not big, but you said you were not limited by few or many. Amen. And Lord, as we face up with this coming year, whatever it'll be, we'll have to have you if we're successful. And I just ask you, Lord, to help us to draw up near to you right now. Get some help as we cross this sea. Get some help for the troubles that brew. Get some help for the enemy that comes against us. Get some help to be the soul winners that we need to be. Father, just take charge. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Page 163.
practice this evening. Let's sing. We'll work till Jesus comes. We'll work till Jesus comes. We'll work till Jesus comes. We'll work till Jesus comes and we'll be gathered home. 